What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? My air purifier is really going to town right now. Oh, yeah. So you might hear the whoosh. Mm, mm. I'm not whoosh, even sure whoosh, why. Whoosh. Usually there's a reason why it's I like... Hear it, but all right. Our listeners might be listening to it. Oh, wait. You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing... Okay, my air purifier went up to a yellow, but now it went to a green. But mm. my air conditioner I have on. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah, okay. Sounds of the summer. So, uh, there you go. Blowing. Forest fires and hot heat. Wow. Yesterday, I was out there in the world, and I really yeah. thought... There was a moment where I was um, down in the train. Mm-hmm. And I got up to Columbus Circle, and I thought... I'm going to die. This is... Well, I did think, like, this is truly, like, being in an easy bake oven, mm. you know, like, mm. in a kind of, like, contained space with a high, yeah. high wattage yeah. light bulb just sort of, like, directly mm. sort of toasting, mm. toasting you. <laughs> but I, um, I... And then I went outside and walked up to Lincoln Center, and I saw Giselle with Russell Giz- Chance. Giselle. I, I saw Giselle. <laughs> with Russell Chance-Zan. Yeah, Russell came back from visiting friends in Kansas City, and then we went to Giselle. That is so nice. Yeah, Air conditioning. Nice. I know, and Russell wore pants, and I thought, wow, you're brave. Wow. Brave. Did, did Russell take a car? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Because that's, 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 that's the only time you can wear pants, is if you're, I know. If you're being ushered about in an right. air-conditioned capsule. You need a limo to pick that's, you up and take you to the Met, the Met Gala. The only way to live in the city is in mm. capsules. And, um... And, um, wait, so we went to the ballet. Oh, Russell was coming across the plaza from having done a little bit of exercise over at the New York City Ballet gym, which they have in their, Very nice. you know, in their building. Oh, so then that sort of also helps with the pants. Because um, it's just crossing the, the pavilion at that point. At yes, least. but Russell was really cutting it close and I, I thought to myself, I came from downtown, mm-hmm. and Russell's coming from just well, right there. We all know that doesn't matter. What do you mean? It's not, it's not about how far you have to travel. It's about leaving when you need to leave so that you can arrive when you arrive. It doesn't matter Thank if you're one minute away. That's right. You know, that's it just, right. just changes so, your excuses. You know, you're like, oh, the train. You're like, oh, yeah. I... I My foot hurt? I don't know. Well, I had our our two tickets in my Apple wallet, which is the thing. When I can figure something like that out, I think you're modern, you know? You're doing it. You're modern. So I was standing in the front front of the Met, and I thought, thought, it's really hot out here. I'm not, I don't want to go into the theater and just be barked at, be like, please take your seat. You're going to want to enter now. The dings are donging. So I just texted Russell his ticket and I said, wow. I'm go." I said, I'm going in. Yeah. Good luck. And I went, 
I went in and I sat down and I felt like, was that rude? Am I mean? Am I mad? What's going on? Mm -hmm. So then I just took my seat and then I was like, no, I just had to take matters into my own hands. I wanted to be inside while Russell did not seem worried. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then Russell came before the house lights went down and he was sweating. And I thought, Uh oh Uh dear. Oh dear. But anyways, then we uh, saw... But did you imagine a sweat of rush or a sweat of pants wearing? You know what it was? It was after sweats. Uh Because I think when Russell... One has to, to, like, be aware of that's going to happen. It happens. You bring your body up to that crazy temperature. Crazy, yeah. This is why Mm. no one should exercise. Um, It was crazy. (laughs) Okay, I have an exercise yeah. story in a moment, but oh, I'll I'll do my I'll do my Giselle review for a second. Oh, okay. Giselle review. Giselle. Giselle What's by that? American Ballet Theater. <laughs> <laughs> a production that seems to be by no one in particular. Uh-huh. You know? Absolutely. I mean I love it, that. It's it's a it's a it's a a, a, a classic. It's a classic perspective. Absolutely. Love that. Yes. It has a kind of like the music you as you may or may not know is by someone named Adolf Adam. That's a frightening name. And Chilling. I don't know one other piece of music by this person and I was, you know, the lights came up at intermission and Russell said, "You know what's too bad about Giselle?" and I looked right back at him and I said, "The music." He said, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, poor Adolf. Poor Adolf. Um, so it's this kind of like generic autumnal mm-hmm. kind of setting and everyone in town's wearing the same outfit, you think. As it should be. <laughs> yeah, you That's think, wow. And, and, and it makes it so much more jarring and sort of stark mm-hmm. that Giselle herself has a totally different outfit well, yeah. than everyone else. You no. Know. All her friends all her friends have the same outfit and she's like, <laughs> not me. Yeah, she's special. I, she's like, I'm sick. Uh-huh. And um I'm the prettiest girl in town and the most fragile. So I get a special <laughs> That's how I it get works. Some, Isn't that I how get it a works? special that's how it works Attraction. in olden times. Yeah. So I get a special thing. I was, it was Catherine Hurlin in this situation. Do you know Catherine Hurlin? Not personally. No, but have you seen her dance? I don't know that I've seen her dance, but I've, I've, I I think people, people love her. We love. Love her. She's New York. She's history. She's Denise Hurlin's daughter. She's someone we've all been watching dance since she was 12 years old when she was like the little Clara in Alexei Ratmansky's new Nutcracker. Um, and, you know, luck and destiny were on her side. And uh-huh. she was sort of born into it. And she's just incredible. And it's, it's you don't watch her dance and think, nepotism. You know, you, you watch her dance and you think, oh my God. Wow, you really got all the yeah, gifts. Yeah, that's called seamless nepotism. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. So... Um, she's new, I think she's newish to the role. I think it was her New York debut, but I, maybe she's done it out of town or something. 
Okay. And it was like a bit like there was some fumbling going on, but in like a way that made sense because we know she's unwell, distressed. But it, it, in the first act, she's just kind of like, my mom says I'm sick and I shouldn't dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I have this um, fabulous dress. I'm gonna dance. I just my, gotta. My fabrics are much more expensive, so I have to twirl. <laughs> and she was being manipulated and um, coerced into an engagement by Daniel Camargo, ABT's kind of newest male principal, who's um, an import from the Stuttgart Ballet and also import. from Brazil. Talking he, about these people like they're the products. He is a product. <laughs> he he's an absolute product of the ballet system. Oh, no. Because he is Brazilian and is has like um sort of extremely elegant proportions and he has an, his face is kind of heartbreaking and he is just he's really, really good. And at the same time I was like I've, I've, okay, all this to say, I thought Daniel was really good at, like, dance theater, acting ballet in a couple other productions, which Uh were Of Love and, Of Love and Rage, and also, um, The Dream, Ashton's The Dream. Mm, I love The Dream. We love The Dream. Um, and in Giselle, I thought, you're a sociopath, but I guess that's, that's one way to play it. Yeah. Because he is really uh, irredeemable as yeah. a character. Because yeah. he just comes into town and is like, "I like you, and you're pretty, and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna propose to you." Even though literally everyone is being like, "Don't fuck with her. She is literally gonna die if you fuck with her." Uh huh. And he does it anyways, well, and he a, does it. It's the role, he, you know. He, yeah, because he's a prince or whatever. He gets what he wants. Yeah, it's going to take what he wants and then go get whatever else he wants. Yeah, and then they le- the willies are like, you know what? We are going to let you go because Giselle loves you like that much. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. And then they don't kill him. And you think, just kill him. <laughs> kill the beast. Kill the beast. Um, but she really does love him, it seems. It's, she uh, does. Know, uh, she does. That's a tricky she situation. Does. I think and the I two saw the... Uh, Bella and James dance do Giselle together. Well, that's fun. I think that I've seen them do it as well, and I've been like, wow, that was exciting. Yeah, it's not quite right for the story, but it's it's a thrill. Yes. Whereas you're like Bella is like not sickly. Human. Yeah. Oh, she's like, definitely not sickly. It's like watching Kate Blanchett play like some meek person. You're like, no. Like Blanche Dubois. You're like, no. Right, right, this right. This not work. Thank you, though. I do think that Bella, Bella can like really be like do a kind of methody moment. Oh, and be I very, mean, like. Either yeah. in the character. Absolutely. It was it but was a her, joy, but it was not just casting wise. Um, right. It's not like the ideal pairing. Well, what I figured out yesterday was that like watching Isabella do Giselle, her kind of like technical authority and like the way that she sometimes 
the way that her her virtuosity sort of belies the sick girl. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know? That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like the, the, the strength of her body that's just so, yeah. like, there. That's, and it's that's really, like... No, 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 I understand. I understood. But watching Catherine yesterday, who's also, like, technically extraordinary, she's, like, she was just a little bit, like... There's a couple wobbles, and I thought, mm, that makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes sense for yeah, the like character. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, it, it was it was fine. I, I was sort of struck by, like, not maybe needing to see it anymore, weirdly. Yeah, I also rem- I remember the first act being like, what, this is too long. It is. Like, yeah. what? And it is, it is a very, like, muted look. Where you're like, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take a little nap, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna get ghosts. We're gonna get yeah. Um, also, very... you know, it's summer. It's I, th- I not not the best time oh. to watch. Oh, sorry. Do you do you hear that? What? Did you uh, my drop alarm. Something? My alarm just went off. No, oh, okay. I don't hear that. Okay, it was really loud in my ears. I'm amazed you couldn't hear it. Um. That's amazing. Anyways, Giselle, second act, Giselle, a a, a court of ballet woman with a um, a Chinese name was doing uh, Mirta, and I'd never I'd never heard of her. I don't know that I've seen her dance a role before, but she was good. She was good. Yeah. Oh great. Um, yeah, good fact. And then it was over, and everyone, literally everyone, was dead except the mean guy. So, our girl. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, also, I was in the first act struck by how in ballets like this, you have to like speak ballet sign language or you can't really know the nuances of the story because oh, yeah. they're go- they are just like fully doing story time sign language. And you're like, what? Yeah, it's. It's, uh, yeah, it's part of the form. It's strange as it may be. And I, I was, I was in many ballets where there was speaking in ballet, pantomime, mm-hmm. and even I'm watching it and the mom is like telling the prince something and I'm thinking, what's she talking about? <laughs> you know, I just like. <laughs> right. <laughs> D- decoding the gestures. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. It was kind of choreographically the most interesting part of the show, but I was mm-hmm. like, what are you saying? Um, yeah, I think it's it's nice when it's a bit, when you kind of the kind of lean in. But then it, 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 it only works to a point, and then you're like, oh, whatever. I don't care what's <sighs> happening. <laughs> so you have to be-, be clear enough. I've been buying $45 seats in the rear, in the rear dress circle, and they're pretty good. Great. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, it's like the cost of a movie. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I saw oh, a lot yeah. of great movies. Oh, I'm so excited to hear, because I haven't seen any. Okay. okay. Okay, so I watched all these. Not, I didn't go to a theater, so these, I don't know how, these movies are variously aged. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> Maybe we'll, I'll start with, so I watched Citizen Ruth. Oh, great movie. Great movie. Laura Dern. Excellent. Alexander Payne. Like. Wait, is that, is that one about abortion? Yeah. 
Oh, it's yeah. great. It's very timely. It's really crazy incredible. That it, crazy that it was so long ago, and yet it's happening again. Yeah, I don't... Because it ends up not... It doesn't really take a side on the abortion issue, which, I, well, I think it does in a way, but um, it's kind of in the end not about abortion per se as much as like uh, choice and right and really ends up being about like economic underpinnings of all of the ability for women to make choices is mm. kind of ends up just being economic disparity um, which I I love that turn and the tone is this like really offbeat comedy which I think is is like Alexander Payne's thing. Yeah. Um, and, and she, Laura Dern, is at her kind of most offbeat. <laughs> oh, it's so bizarre. And even like the opening of the movie, she's having sex with this like homelessy person. I mean, they're in his apartment and she tries to stay there. But she's like, it's like this drug, she's this drugged out character who's pregnant again, basically is the plot of this movie. And then there's, like, this battle between the pro-choice and pro-Nazis. What is it? <laughs> Pro-life um, factions. You know, so, and it's, yeah, so it's, in this, in this, there's just the tone of it is so perfect. And you're kind of those not the, sure what's going on tonally at the beginning. Those are the two it's sides really of that good. argument. The pro-choice people and the Nazis. Well, and what basically... You, basically, the way that it's structured is that, like, you think she's being saved by the pro-choice people at some point, and then you realize that... Well, it's all... Like, all these people are trying to save her. Right. Like, the two sides become the same in this kind of... Uh, this, like, kind of superficial, almost politicized dynamic of trying to save this person. And then that last mm. shot is so incredible because she's basically, I mean, spoiler alert, this movie came out in the 90s, but, um, uh, you know, she decides basically to get the abortion, which she's kind of wanted the whole time-ish. Um, she already has these other children that she obviously doesn't take care of, but um, she decides to get the abortion because this guy, like, counters the pro-life people's offer of giving her money to, to keep the child. And this mm. guy's like, I'll give you money if you do whatever you want. Is it Martin Donovan? I don't know who that is. No, no. Yeah, who's the actor? Well, this is, this guy is just kind of this, like, side character. Oh, okay. He's like, no, I'll who just give other- you money. Who are other actors of note in Citizen Ruth? I cannot remember. Um, Swoozie Kurtz. Oh! Incredible. We love Swoozie Kurtz. Um, so, and like her kind of opposite is Mary Kay Place. Okay. So she, that's like, Swoozie is the, well, she's a spy. She's like undercover, like working with the pro-life people. And then that's how mm. she steals Laura Dern out from. Is, is Swoozie still with us? I don't know. Can you imagine her name is Swoozie? She's so is that real? Iconic. And then Tippy Hedren is in this movie. Oh, from as the, the birds. like, what's that? From the birds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like the um, 
you know, the head of Planned Parenthood kind of character. She comes in her oh. helicopter at the end. It's incredible, <laughs> incredible. But the last shot, basically, uh, Laura Dern decides to just take the money that's been left in the clinic and she escapes before she has an abortion and she like escapes through the bathroom with the money and oh. all this shit is like all this like uh, you know public uh, pro-life pro-choice confrontation and news people is happening in front of the clinic mm. and, and she just gone. walks past them all so this thing of like no one sees her they just see the issue they just like want to use her to like win this thing yeah um and there's this moment where like her mother shows up and is like don't do it don't do it and she's like basically like fuck you mom like remember when your boyfriend had me suck his dick which i think is like a really crucial moment of just like this person has been fucked from the beginning Mm -hmm. and no one has cared about her except for like how they can use her for their own ends and So, you know, she doesn't have an abortion at, at that moment, at least. You don't, you, you kind of have to assume that she just ends up spending this money on drugs because that is what happens consistently. Whenever she gets something, then she like goes and buys like spray paint to huff and ends up like being arrested again. Wow, so it's the, a really it's been a long time since I saw this movie. Yeah, it's really. I really love that it didn't, like, try to make some kind of simple point. Wow. It uh, sounds way edgier than election. But... Yeah. I mean, same tone. Same tone. Yeah. It's it's a really good... Like, no one gets off. Has has Alexander Payne directed another movie in a while? Um, yes. He directed that weird movie called, like... Um, about like the the downsized or something oh, like no. that. You know? That's too bad. No, that movie was excellent. Wait, really? Yeah, I I thought it was a great movie. They get small, and then and then and then it uncovers the kind of like economics of of the little world. Yeah, there's this whole like end times bunker. Right. Thing. Where like all the poor people are living in a milk carton or whatever. What? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's so good. I think it's a brilliant movie. And the and the rich little people are living in like Barbie's dream house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's again, it's sort of like much more complicated than the surface idea of the movie is. Well, that must have been an expensive movie to make with all those big props. Yeah, I don't know about what the story is with that movie. It's very strange. Like, I, I came across it on Netflix, and I had, like, never heard of it. So, Well, it's know. a very... It's very different aesthetically than, like, other movies he's made, which are just sort of yeah. like, this This is the middle of America, and this is how ugly everyone is. And then well, yeah, downside- so I mean, like, sideways, and, you know, oh, the kind this- of, like, tonal offness is, feels like the signature... Right. Oh, and that but movie I, Nebraska, I think. Which I don't I know that. I don't think I really watched, but it's like a black and white but movie. 
for Alexander Payne to like make the choice to to make a big Hollywood movie starring Matt Damon, mm-hmm. you think what what's happening? Yeah, but I, I don't guess know. I think, you know. I think there is this kind of like Hollywood quality that is then like That's twisted. True. It has that like tippy headdress. Like yeah. Yeah. So talk about Hollywood. That was a thrill. Um, okay, so Citizen Ruth, we I haven't seen it in a hundred years, but I mean, thanks for refreshing my memory. It sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend Lord Dern. Uh, the acting is incredible. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. Okay. And then yeah. sort of let's we'll go. And then I watched Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, with Chris Pine. Yeah. Did you okay. watch this? I have. You know, what? I saw it in a theater in Houston when I was there by myself, and I didn't have anything to do, so I just mm-hmm. walked a couple blocks to it, like the oldest most rundown AMC I've ever been in where like holes in the seats and I watched I watched it essentially alone in a uh-huh. theater and I thoroughly enjoyed it yeah I think it's an excellent kind of this this kind of movie yeah like, I found it really inventive and creative and yeah like the language is you know the comedy was and it has that kind of Guardians of the Galaxy jokiness but but I but better but, but like but real like yeah with well, the ideas with guardians of the galaxy is like the it's this like gaggle of buffoons or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah. like a couple of them are not funny at all uh-huh. but they're just like like that one who's a tree that says i am groot and uh-huh. then the one who's uh-huh. like a big muscle person who's like truly just a wrestler it's it's odd <laughs> Anyways, yeah, but but Dungeons and Dragons, very good. Yeah, I was I I mean I, Jack put it on. I fell asleep immediately, and then when I woke up, we continued watching it, and um, Jack was like, "Oh, he's this Chris Pine character's like the the player of the game, kind yeah, of position, oh. which is curious, interesting choice. Mm. Yeah, and just like the, I thought it looked really good." Like, looked like you know far what? more attended to than other movies that I've seen. So true. I, for one of those, like, medieval, vaguely yeah. medieval kind of, like, fantasy like things, cosplay. I thought they, no, I thought they did a really good job. And like, costumes and, and product, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and all the, like, scenic stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, this looks good. This looks yeah. expensive. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, and, you know, as Casey Wilson says of Chris Pine, they don't make him like that anymore. You know? He is a movie star. Yeah, I'm not that swayed by him, but I do... <laughs> I do think the way that he sort of positioned this character in this, I thought was, like, really... Like, because he's not, like, the gladiator, like, Marvel strength man. Like, mm-hmm. he is kind of, like, the everyday person. Um, yeah. I liked I liked that I liked him in that role um, yeah I just I, and I don't know I don't know about this game so I don't know how much is because I, I found like the the sequences to be really like that dragon that's obese like that's so fun it like Wait, sets up this whole other is it the one down in underground um, he comes out of like a 
a cave after the other, after the like monster people are fighting. I don't know. Oh god. There's an obese dragon that like has a hard time flying around. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like shit like that. You're like, yeah, of course, do that. Wait, there was something funny in the opening of the movie about a name when he's on trial. What was the name of the? It. What was the name of the person who was? Jonathan's. Jarnathan. Jarnathan's. (laughs) Jarnathan. The. And I just like bird creature yeah and they kept saying jarnathan Uh and i was laughing 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 i thought this is incredible that like these writers actually like get it jarnathan yeah yeah i and there's like those hands fighting at the end it's just great the like using magic in these like creative ways i just i was charmed yeah thought it was yeah doing a good job and Um, hugh hugh grant hugh grant is in it very yeah. good. And Michelle Rodriguez uh, and Michelle Rodriguez, um, excellent. Uh Justice Smith. Yeah. It's great. Ju- who's yeah, that? Great. He's the magician. Who's like a bad magician and has to like you know, they're all like hero journey Yeah. Kind of yeah. things. Very good. Very yeah. good. Oh wait, that's what Will Smith's son? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> um, wait. What Willow Willow's the daughter. Yeah, I don't know. Willow Smith. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Okay. So you saw Dungeons and Dragons. And then I watched Close. Have you seen oh. about this movie? Wait, not closer, but Close. Close. This is like a movie from like last year. Um, like about these I I saw the trailer some time ago and was like, Oh, this looks good. It's about these two two young boys and like what was my sense from that my sense from the trailer was that like one of them was that they end up in this yeah one of them was gay and that there's a confrontation like that basically they have this like really close friendship that's like too close Uh and then it has to like you know come apart Sounds um, like Illinois. Sounds like a show I just worked no, on. It's, so it's oh. not, and it's so that it was directed by the same person who directed that movie called Girl, about the ballet. Oh yes, trans ballet. Yes. I think that's what it was about. Yeah, yes. it was about a child who was a, a transitioning and doing ballet and complicated. Uh-huh. Um, I thought this was a great movie, and I, I don't really want to talk too much about it because i think you want me to watch it it, okay Um, but i you know i cried for like half the movie but um, oh i think it's like what i like about the direction is that it it does feel very cold and and Mm -hmm. there's like a coldness to the characters that i appreciate in this the attempt the sort of underlying intensity of the movie so Mm. Mm. yeah that was great um, that. And then I finally yeah, saw watch, Megan. I'll watch Close this week. Did you see oh, Megan? I did. I thought this was an excellent movie. I I, I did as well. I, I left thinking, like, good job. Like From the you, first, they, like, it opening with this ad for a toy. Excellent. Mm. Just Amazing totally, ad. Just totally, like, knew what kind of movie it was and did it. It's like, thank you so much. I, I really think that, like, there's going to be courses in universities that, that study, own, like, Alison Williams' 
place in film of mm. being this like mm-hmm. this like basic kind of unlikable both villain and not villain in her roles but well, this like this is a great character this like um her relationship to children and and like her refusal to be a parent um and 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 also like her trying to be a parent in the way that she can i guess which is like as a toy designer you know as like a this like kind of scientist um like that's the only way she's going to be able to have a child <laughs> so right um i'm trying to remember the end like how like where she stands in relationship to this child in the end like um like does it feel like at the in the end she could be a mother to this child i think she will keep the child fed and clothed and perhaps this trauma will bring them a little closer but this is not a person who's equipped to be a parent because she is shallow yeah she's which i mean i guess shallow people can be parents but like i i it, it, i just she she's not interested in that child. i don't know i don't know about the sh- i actually i think it's like she has different priorities it's sort of that's why like she's willing to parent if it's like through her own priority which is like making it a, a robot a robot a toy <laughs> you know and yeah it's, and that's it's interesting is like this thing of like her life is dedicated to making kind of these toys which are for right. children so like well, in a way she's dedicated to children but also like But also she, she made that one toy that ends up kind of saving the day that doesn't feel like it's for children. Right. Well, I think there's a, there's where there is a question of like, what is she dedicated to? It seems a little more like science than, um, and like robotics, whatever, than, than kind of children. Wow. So. Yeah. 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 Um, Wow. You really did watch all the films. Yeah, and then um, this podcast that I mentioned last week called, which I didn't know, remember the name, um, but it's called You Must Remember This, so of course I forgot it. Um, <laughs> but I've had to drive to Williamstown a few times, and it's these episodes are like the same duration, which is great. So they're Now like this is the one that's half. like about old Hollywood or something? Yeah, so, and the person who's, like, so they're, they're kind of, um, what are they? They're, like, lectures about, like, uh, movies, Okay. Uh, basically. But uh, the person doing them is tremendous. I'm like, you're brilliant. So she's writing, producing, narrating this like podcast, all all the things. Um, it is a little unnerving because um, I, did you watch this last week's uh, Sex and the City? I did. So this thing about enunciating T's is really insane on this podcast. So I really oh, laughed wow. when I saw that um, that episode. But um, wait. Is this, oh, this is because of the, when she's recording her book. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're like, the T's, the T's. 
so absurd. Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh, but uh-huh. apparently that is the note that people are given because it is insane on this podcast. So you kind of have to get over that um, in listening to it. Um, mm-hmm. But she is so brilliant. Um, and the first one I listened to was about showgirls. She's doing currently doing like a erotic 80s oh, thing, which is like all so of good. It is so incredible. Um, Heat. Show, instinct. Well, showgirls is the 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think it it's a uh, the 90s is like also part of the erotic 80s. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, she positions like 87 as like the kind of the height of it and then continues mm. with sort of, you know, the the influence that that trails into the 90s. So I watched a decidedly unerotic movie from mm. 1991 oh. the other day. It's called Father of the Bride with Steve Martin. She mentions that movie as like an unerotic <laughs> movie, it, actually. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Like it the is. the kind of like opposite of, a, a, I think she's talking about Basic Instinct. It's so lack, it's so empty mm-hmm. of eroticism. It's actually incredible. But there, there are, it's absurd. It's a truly absurd movie where there's like no attention toward reality of any kind, which was very, that's very like 80s, 90s ethos. Just mm-hmm. like go, just like make the thing. It's one idea. There's yeah. like no, no nuance whatsoever. And the movie, have you seen this movie? Yeah, of course. I don't know if you remember, but basically it feels like the movie is kind of trying to paint Steve Martin as a, as a curmudgeon or a villain mm-hmm. of some kind. <clears throat> and then watching it again, this, this 4th of July, I was like, sh- I was really struck by how the daughter is the villain. I was like, uh-huh. thi- this yeah. daughter who like, who's pretending to be like yeah. cool architect girl who doesn't want to be pinned down by her husband. She is asking her, you know, upper middle class father mm-hmm. to pay $250 a head for 550 people to attend a wedding, yeah. which in today, in today's money is $550 a head. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, I mean, this is a $500,000 wedding in today's money. And I was like, this, this, child is horrible and she's getting married on a whim essentially yeah <clears throat> and um and she has no remorse about it and everyone in the movie's just like come on just like just do, do it. it it's fine just and do- then he's like it's fine. also being pushed aside as like a human completely he and has like, no say these people are evil and then the thing that um you must remember this talked about was also the the um what's his name martin short Oh my god! As this like offensive gay character because the, but she was talking about also, basic instinct and the kind of outrage around like the lesbian situation, and then this, I, this depiction of of a gay man as this kind I, of nightmare. I, I know there's a lot of discussion around like gay characters not being played by gay people or being played without like nuance or whatever, but this Martin Short character is quite genius. <laughs> <laughs> It is one of the, like, funniest comic turns on camera one has ever seen. I mean, he makes up a pretend language 
and accent, and it is... You truly don't... We watched it with subtitles, uh-huh. so you could actually incredible. understand what he's saying, but you cannot understand what he's saying That's, if you're just listening yeah. to it. It's incredible. Um, but, so, this is our father of the bride story. Maggie Cloud, Stuart Singer, Test Warman, John Hubiar, myself, piled into a car uh-huh. on the 4th of July I in the morning. Some, I saw some rain experience. Here. Yeah. We get to the beach. We put our blankies down. Uh-huh. I go in the ocean as soon as I have my sunscreen on because I see the black, I see mm-hmm. the black clouds yeah. approaching. I think this is it. Yeah. I go into the ocean. My friend, Scott, Dr. Scott, we call him the one whose 40th birthday I went to as identical twin. Do you remember that? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He was there and we went in the ocean. We come out of the ocean and then the lifeguards are while mm-hmm. we're in the water. I'm looking toward the shore. Uh-huh. I see huge bolts of lightning everywhere. Uh-huh. And I think, because it's time to go. So we get out. The lifeguards are like, everyone leave. Wait, what beach Just like you Reese. Okay. Which is right next to Fort Tilden. Yeah. So we're, it, pack it up. Everyone, come on, get off the beach. Lightning. So the beach is packed. Everyone's packing it up. Mm-hmm. And I think we've, I, of our whole group, I was the only one who got in the ocean. Um, and so everyone basically put their blankets down and picked them right back up and uh-huh. put them in the bags. And then... <laughs> We went and stood under you the, the underpass. Right thing, though. We left. No, going into the water. Oh, I went in straight away. Was so sad. And it was wonderful, and yeah. it was warm and nice, and so it started raining just as we were kind of getting to the exit, where you have to go under this underpass. And once we were under the underpass, it started pouring rain, and then basically everyone who was at the beach was now piled into this under mm-hmm. tube, under tube. And we stood there for probably half an hour waiting for the rain to stop, but it became clear that it was not going to. So then we braved our way through like a torrential downpour to the car and we left. And um, but then the rain did eventually stop. But what we did was just go to Stuart's house and buy some hot dogs and set up a little picnic and watch Father of the Bride. Oh, wow. Is that nice? That's kind of perverted in the end, watching this movie together. It was perverse. It no, was It's a remake perverse. from a, a Spencer Tracy. Right. But I don't know. Spencer that I've Tracy seen it. Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Have you seen this original? No. No. I'd be curious to um, <clears throat> I mean Spencer Tracy generally plays that kind of character as well, the kind of curmudgeon. Yeah. So. Guess how old Steve Martin is in that movie? Thirty five. I know, he's forty six. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> he looks great, I have to say. I was like, you're cute. So cute. So talented. Um, Incredible. Um, that is the widest movie. Well, I guess they were all were at that time. It is yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, only B.D. Wong is a person of color in that movie. Wow. Insane. So <clears throat> B.D. Wong was representing for everybody in that film, quite mm-hmm, frankly, mm-hmm. every minority, he yeah. was like, I'm going to be LGBTQ and I'm going to be Asian and oh, every, right. everyone, yeah. everyone else is just going to be not that. Oh, also Kieran Culkin is in the movie as a oh, little yeah, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Very charming. I think I watched an actor on actor kind of thing. And that kind uh-huh. of, so um, cute. He was talking about how he had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. Well, of course He's not. Like, That's yeah, your child. Yeah, when children know what they're doing on camera, it's horrifying and scary. But when they don't, you're like, good, you're a child. 
Where was there a bad child? Oh, I watched um, the Koganada movie, which I think is on... Oh, because there's this great AI um, collection on Criterion for July. What, um, why are you, what's Koganada? Koganada is a director. He directed this movie that Parker was in. Oh, Cleveland. that Ohio? Yeah, but what's that called? Columbus. Columbus. It yeah, wasn't. That was great. Ohio, I think it was. No, Indiana. it was Columbus, Indiana. Yeah, I think <laughs> strangely, that's right. um, um, and it has that actress who is the White Lotus actress. Yeah, we love her. Um, so she's in this movie. It's um, it's an interesting enough movie. I would I'd say it's sort of worth watching. Why did I bring it up? Because you oh, watched because it. Because there's a child in it that is terrible. Oh dear! I have to say, <clears throat> it was really like, mm-mm. like it did feel like. Oh, you know, you're just too aware. Right. Like, I d- I did. I took issue with the child in Megan at a few moments, but generally I liked her. Yeah, I thought she was fine. I thought we're good. Even. Mm. Um, I'm like, what child? Oh yeah, the not Megan person. <laughs> what? <laughs> what child? Stealing the, the show. St- the star of the film. It was unfortunate that we were so obsessed with that dance because then when it came to it in the movie, it's sort of underwhelming. Sort of not a moment in the movie, but... But what a choice, right? Yeah. Really didn't have to be. It's excellent. Loved having Brian Jordan Alvarez in the film. Uh-huh. The way that... It's really like when she runs on all fours, it's really incredible. Oh my gosh. That's a great moment. Ugh. Horrifying. Um, okay. Yeah. Wait. So what? we talked about movies. We talked about Giselle. 4th of July. Giselle. Oh, my exercise story is that yesterday I became determined to find a way to exercise that will kind of work for me. Oh, yeah. And so I, I, I looked up my par- local parks and recreation center to see what was going on over there. And I found out they're closed for renovation Forever. for yeah. whoever for knows. Yeah. Probably. Years. Yeah. For 10 years. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, then maybe I'm going to have to sign up for a gym close. Cause if I sign up for a gym, that's not within four blocks. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. And then I realized all the gyms near me have also been closing down. Like there used to be a New mm. York sports club and maybe there was a blink. They're gone. And so the only gym near me that I found out there's an Equinox on, on Hudson street that I'd never heard of. Okay. So I was like, wow, am I going to go? And they don't tell you how much it costs on the website. Uh-huh. They just won't tell you. You have to go uh-huh. and like do a consultation. Yeah. So I like put my info into the system. I'm immediately getting text messages from a person mm-hmm. at the Equinox, right? And they're AI. like, "Well, Gen. no, it's a re- a real human being like, hey, we see you have some interest in the Equinox. When can you come in?" And you're like, "Oh no." So I'm like, "Look, I'll get this over with. I can come in tomorrow at ten. Then I'm accidentally sending them texts that were intended for someone else. They just happen to be like in the wrong, you know, mm-hmm. place in the stream and." my equinox person is texting back being like wow i i don't i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> i'm ta- i'm talking about bard college uh-huh. and stuff in these texts of someone and i was like oh sorry those weren't for you and then we're like you know we're making friends via text Great. with the equinox Can so you get i their get employee to, discount 
well, so I get there in at 10 in the morning yesterday and I'm greeted by some boys at the desk. And then they're like, they're like, well, Tom, who you've been in touch with is not here today. So we're going to have, um, one of our other representatives, Dom, show you around. And I'm like, okay. Okay. So I sit and wait and this other guy comes I don't even know what Tom looks like but now here I am with Dom and very like Equinox personal trainer vibes uh huh I'm imagining when Carrie first goes to get her uh uh their her post hip surgery or whatever she has oh yeah 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 you know we're just like oh my god I'm in love with you was it like those vibes no it wasn't that no no it was like basic boots it was basic boots Uh so we he starts showing me around and he's pointing at all the things. What I'm immediately struck by is that there there's music playing and it's not in a room. It's everywhere. Uh-huh. It's literally coming from everywhere. And it's a top 40 kind of moment, right? Yeah. Where you like, and I, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work out. It's not you. Well, it's me. I, I was it's just music. like... I was like, I'm going to go through with the rest of this tour. And also, like, is this how gym is? Like, this Uh is how people are at gym. They go and there's just... It's not only the music they're listening to. It's a scene. It's so... And it's it's not loud, loud, but it's loud enough that, like, I guess it would deter you from, like, having a conversation, which Mm. I guess maybe, maybe that's the point. I don't know. So he's walking me around. He's like, uh, are you interested in... He's asking me what I'm interested in. I'm yeah. saying, well, I, I probably would more come in to do, like, yoga classes and stuff. Because I'm not going to probably just take it upon myself to make up a routine, whatever. He's like, oh, great. Would you be interested in doing cycling classes? He's pointing toward the, like, the Soul Cycle studio. I'm like, absolutely not. So it's, it's pitch black in there. It's the club. Uh-huh. It's the club. Uh-huh. So we're walking around. He's showing me all these weight lifting weights, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to do that. So then we get in the elevator. We go, this, this, this Equinox is both on the ground floor and on like the ninth and 10th floor of this building on no. Hudson Street. So we get in the elevator. We go all the way up. We get out of the elevator. It's actually very nice up there because it has all these like skylights and city views. And it's like, you're looking over the, the river and it's all very nice. And, and it has like these spaces where you can just kind of lay there and stretch, but it also has a beautiful yoga studio. And then it has a Pilates studio and it has, it has a roof deck with a pool that's not for swimming laps, but just for like being lounge. social or it's a lounge. And once I'm up there, I think, and he shows me the men's locker room, which I thought, this is weird. Like he walked me into the men's locker room and I'm thinking, is this okay? Yeah, I guess. Cause like it's it's fine but like i'm not a member and now i'm just like some non-paying person who's seeing naked people in the locker room yeah but and he's like tomorrow you could walk in and be you know it doesn't matter that's true yeah Yeah. it just felt i had a momentary sense of like oh oh no boundaryless right it's like when when i go to ballet companies and i take class with them like i don't go in the company locker room you know Mm. because it's like that's I don't know like they have a familiarity with each other and in boundaries in their bodies and like it's I don't know them yeah but it's so anyways, I, a public space <laughs> yeah so I go he's showing me here's the shaving station here's the you know sauna and I'm like okay it's fancy bathroom let's get out of here so I go, <laughs> go out of the bathroom and then 
shows me the roof deck and there's people like napping and taking phone calls and whatever. I think, okay, this is a Soho house. It's feeling, mm-hmm. you know, so then we go back downstairs and he, go, we go into the office and he starts to explain to me the situation. And he's like, so did you go to college? And I'm like, uh huh. I said, I was like, he none of your like, business. Well, I, that's what I first was like, why are you asking me this? And he was like, okay, where did you go to college? And I was like, this is weird. Mm -hmm. Like, this is getting weird. I was like, this is bizarre. And I was like, um, well, I went a few different colleges, but, and he was like, okay, where? And I was like, uh, I was like, I went to SUNY Purchase briefly. He's like, okay. I was like, and then I went to FIT. He's like, bingo. He was like, so because you went to FIT, we have a deal with them where if you can present your like diploma, you get a discount. And I was like, whoa, a car. So he was like, you, you, the normally the fee would be like whatever, $280, but you would be paying two thirty five a month for your, for your membership. And I was like, okay. And then he just basically, it's basically showed, free then. Great. It's Sign free. me up. Sign me up. And then he showed me their like class schedule. And I was like, well, that's a lot of classes. And then I just, I left the Equinox and I thought, am I gonna, am I gonna, I started to do the math of it. Like, yes, if I could show up for 10 classes a month, it would be, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause then you'd be paying $20 a class. Also, if you wanted to like sit in a pool and text your friends or, you know. Uh, take hang right, out. Use, use nice soap in the nice bathroom or yeah. whatever. If you have like a tiny apartment, you just need somewhere else to go. Well, I don't know. It's interesting, right? I, but the music, honestly, the music is the biggest issue, maybe even more than the insane price tag. And the music is everywhere. It's literally everywhere. It's in the, it's in the locker room. It's in the, the pool area. Yep. Wow. It's literally everywhere. That's and crazy. it's, I think the only place it's probably not is when they close the door to the yoga studio. Uh huh. Yeah, I assume that the classrooms have not that music. Right. Because they Which, have other music. And, you know, if I were to actually like do the plan, I would go to yoga class or like whatever, like Pilates mat classes or whatever. Yeah, I think I would like the music actually, but. Wow. Because it would be motivating and uh, discouraging human relations. I see. Which I, love. I see. <laughs> well, I, I also like, I, I, I know about Equinox and other people who are, you know, have, go to them. And this one, um, because of its location, was quite, was sort of like, had some kind of gender diversity and. Mm-hmm. That that felt. It's not that, ch- it's not that other one that is. Like no, the it's gay not one. the like the so, AIDS memorial yeah. one, which right. is like the gayest scene in the world. Right. Which is probably um, siphoning off any like, if that's what you're interested in, you can go to that one. So that's well, good. no, that wouldn't be good for me. Um, no, no, no. Right, that's why this one is probably better because of that, in a way. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to California next week and then and then I'll think about it. And then the summer it. will be over. No. That's how it goes. <laughs> and then just like that, summer's over. Well, 
also, and just like that, um, this recent episode, I really liked it. I, I thought it was the say. best episode so far, by far. Me too. Me too. And I was like, I felt sort of moved by it. Yeah. And I, I love I, the, I love Carrie helping this younger person. The jewelry person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was I was upset for Carrie having to read through that stuff in the book and and then like that and was then I insane that, what they did with the camera work. And those it was effects. really crazy. That didn't yeah. make any sense to the show. Well, but, you know, of course okay. they would have done a flashback, but they couldn't because they can't show that guy on in the show anymore. Well, they don't need a they don't need they don't need any of that. <clears throat> she was no. she was really putting it all across with her. Own she was doing she was doing a great performance. Yes. I, was I was like, like you know, this is what great. Are we, we're gonna wiggle out these words. What are we doing? Yeah, and I also thought like the comedy was really good this episode. I thought like mm-hmm. the whole milf thing was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was. I, I thought. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that actor, that's the crazy. actress who plays Charlotte's rich friend at the school, is my so favorite good. on the show. She's I, really I'm obsessed incredible. with her. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. And really I thought that the Che. And Miranda thing kind of suddenly became it. It suddenly meant something to me. Yeah, I, I'm more. I like. I like the the conflict of like family versus this thing. I mean, and I, it all feels so like fast. That I'm a little like, okay, like like. It's all very abrupt, which I yeah. I wish like. This I wish this would have been like the central narrative, like from the first episode of this season. Yeah. Of like Well yeah. Family versus Che. But I I really love like this more well, okay, this is I can you believe it? Maybe we've just like our standards have shifted, but mm-hmm. I like this more vulnerable version of Che who actually like has insecurity. It's not just this like insane, right, 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 terrible Absolutely. comedian yeah. who's just like, I got a pilot. You but know, she still it's... feels sort of craven and hideous because yes, of, of how like, I think because of how fast nothing feels like built properly. But and and I, I'm like, is she just gone now? Or are they just gone now? Is that over? Right. I don't know. I don't think like so. I don't. Th- I don't think that'd be possible. Che is so Forever. integral. <laughs> yeah, but it felt like a kind of more classic kind of episode as well. Mm. Um, of just uh, the way the the story played out. So, um, I mean, also like having COVID as an excuse is, and eating so that burger good. is excellent. It was crazy. Remember when she, wait, was this the episode where she ran into, oh, she ran into that like rich old lady. That was also like very moving. Yeah. I thought that was a great scene too. It was a great scene. Like to see this like very broad character kind of like come down for a moment and be like, I'm actually heartbroken and this is how I cope. Mm-hmm. And do what you gotta do. Th- then to watch Carrie drop a hundred thousand dollars on shoes was like, oh wow, like you're rich. Uh huh. That's that's the show does a kind of trick of it, now that we're back in her old apartment, we forget that she's like a billionaire. Yeah, I that I, that was a great move. I mean, I love being back in the old apartment. Yeah, I do too. I'm so glad they ended up there. 
Um, I know, it's good. It's that sort of bed is a bit of a weird moment, but I'm like, I think you would renovate that scenario, but that's uh, fine. Uh, uh, what? I can't remember. Is she on a full-size bed or something? No, she's just on the same, yeah, probably a full-size bed with like a little shelf in the corner for that little lamp that didn't work. It was haunted. Oh, right. Um, it's, a, it's a great apartment. I would ha- I would happily take that apartment. Well, that's... Yeah, I, I mean, mean yeah. I, d- I know it's, it has like it's a, vibe, it's a set and it has studio studio lighting, but I don't love that her kitchen has no window. Does it? Does mm-hmm. it have a side window? But it yeah. all feels pretty open because because it doesn't have a roof because it's a set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's good. So that's in Just Like That. That's my... I think if I told you everything... Uh, it was, Russell and I had a lovely evening after the ballet yesterday. Did you go get some food? We went back to Brooklyn so Russell could walk the dog, mm-hmm. Una. And then we eventually made our way to Mexican food on a roof that was very mediocre but had a nice view. Yeah. And then, um, and then walked Russell home and then very slowly walked through scorching Brooklyn to the train. Mm. Came home. I I Hot finished this nights. finished this stupid series on Apple called Silo. Very dumb. Yeah, I didn't watch that. I watched Glamorous on Netflix. Yeah, I Patron. couldn't bear. I couldn't bear even attempting to. But I I really got into it. Okay. Is the whole thing has, there? It's all there. Oh, okay. And I got into it because there's this actor. Michael Rosen, who's a ballet dancer I know, who was also on Flesh and Bone and also knows Jack from being in the original workshop of that Jeremy O'Hare's thing. Uh Uh-huh. And he's so good on it. So charming. You really root for him. And I like a lot of the characters on it. And it's, you know, it's, it's charming in its ways. Um... And what else? I I wa- I finished season two of The Bear. I had to truly fast forward through most I, of it. Yeah, yeah. What is going on with this show? I could just I just barely got to the end of the first episode. I thought uh, so. We're not gonna do what we did the first season, which was like make well, a show that's like really fast. Well, they are doing that. Really, I was like. Okay, we're going to sit around talking about money for an episode. Oh, no. They, <clears throat> if you keep going, that it that same attitude and energy is frequently there, where it just gets really chaotic, and they're screaming, and mm-hmm. so, which I, I can only take so much of before well, I have to see Yeah, that, like, in, that kind of in the kitchen thing is I'm one sick thing. Of, sick but of that, like, sick of that. The way that the first episode felt so undriven at all. And I was like, well, the whole first season was based on, like, a pace. Like, it wasn't always. It was very often, like, that kind of insane kitchen feeling, um, which was stressful. But even when it wasn't, it was, like, still, like, moving at a a clip, which I think was, like, the draw of it. Well, this season feels a little bit like a like poor copy of itself yeah, of the first that's, season. That's my, but my sense. Some but really nice, some really nice kind of satellite episodes happen where 
like one of them goes over to Copenhagen and it's just mm. like a very different suddenly. That's nice. And then there's this family episode, which is a flashback that you should get to because it has so the the cameo situation of okay. famous actors is so crazy that you're like, how That's fun. is this possible? Um, so yeah, just, just go, get yeah, through it. Watching. I mean, I, I, I didn't love it. I'm not, I'm not in love with the bear, but it does some stuff. Yeah, it does some stuff. I watched, um, this interview with Tim Gunn on uh-huh. YouTube, which is like a, um, I think, I think you've watched, there was like a podcast. Is this the one where he drags Project Well, Runaway? I think this is the same person. I think there's like, this is like a new interview person. Like it's a, it's like another sit down of them together on video. Um, and I just, I just like Tim Gunn's the best. I know. Tim keeps it real. Yeah. And he's really like cares about people. He talks about his parents being like ice, ice cold, like, um, and has like being bullied as a child and, um, but in like a, like wonderful, like matter of fact kind of way. It's really, I'm just like, ugh. This is this is like how to be. Well, Tim, Tim, Tim kind of figured it out and got this kind of revenge, but in the most tragic fashion possible. What do you mean by that? That yes, Tim got really successful and famous and rich and like and and mm. influential and seems like Tim. Yeah, Tim lives alone and yeah. like. And like eats spaghetti on a towel totally in a in a folding chair at night and falls asleep. Yeah, yeah. you know it's like, it's not great. Yeah, and it's it's um, it's why therapy's good. Mm. But it's a tricky thing. I mean, I feel so. This is like so close. <laughs> because on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I could just like, I would be happy. And I've been really feeling this lately of like, Jeremy. goodbye, everyone. I'm just going to be alone oh. in my house. Oh, wow. That with pa- like... Your pause was just so intense. I thought you were gone. Oh, I think maybe it cut out because I don't know oh, okay. that much. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, like, it would be very easy and, and comfortable for me to like just be alone or like, especially like with my little family. Um, but it's like this I have to kind of remind myself of like a bigger existence mm. and like the joy of living with people in the world going out yeah. and engaging and building a bigger life so yeah. yeah that does feel like but you know I think I think Tim's life is probably bigger than most people's and maybe and the 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 need to kind of counter the the aspects of it of his life that are big with a with a kind of maybe more isolated personal life maybe but you know yeah i i definitely see that as well yeah i mean gotta love tim gunn and also 
hope you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, we I, I think I think he way. is. My, uh, I mean, I think he is okay. I think he is like has a nice life. I think he likes being alone, like having these things, but that, but there is also a sense that he could have a bigger, more more glorious existence, a um, more robust life. Yeah, but yeah. you know, like that's. That's what he chose. That's what Tim chose. Look, Tim Gunn is rich and he's good looking for, in a way, in a way. Yeah. And and he could have a boyfriend if he wanted and he could have some kind of like, I'm sure he has some kind of a social life, but yeah, you know. Um, Anyways, Jeremy, guess what? I'm going to a gyrotonic thing, so I kind of have to go. Oh, suddenly? No, no, no. It's it was it was planned, but it, we have been talking for an hour and ten. I know minutes. we should be done now. Um, this is this is an epic episode that is in stark contrast to the last. You're gonna episode find where... somewhere to exercise. Well, I am. I'm exercising even today. So I'm yeah, you're Cunningham. I feel like just keep doing that stuff. I know Cunningham class is only ten dollars, which is you know so great very cheap very cheap and it keeps um, you connected to your your dance roots yeah it does but it's also like it's not exactly like it's certainly not cardio well sure not, but then you know recognize that and then do these other things yeah if you're gonna do yeah. classes i mean and then you can yeah i think also figuring out like how much do you want to be exercising <laughs> and then you can think about the right place to be doing it. The world keeps telling me, like, exercise, put mm-hmm. impact on your joints, get your heart rate up. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I better do it. Yeah, I'm going to cut the grass. That's going to be some real cardio. Yeah, oh, do that. That's going to make so you really life. hot. Really hot. Um, okay, well, that was really fun. I'm After I come back from California, um, well, we'll talk while I'm there. But yeah. <clears throat> After I come back, will maybe I'll come back up and help you mow the grass. Oh, I love that! Great. <laughs> um, I have. I'm going to tell you something off air, but okay. um, we love you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you same place, same time next week. Bye. We love you. Bye. Bye.